Welcome to the Everyman's Battle podcast. I'm Steve Arterburn, co-author of the book, Everyman's Battle. In the year 2000, New Life Ministries created the Everyman's Battle Workshop. Now this workshop's been held monthly ever since, and it's designed to coach and challenge men to better understand their struggles and also how to navigate through those struggles with God's help. The Everyman's Battle podcast contains provocative conversations led by J.J. West and Doug Barnes, their licensed family and marriage counselors, who are also leaders of the Everyman's Battle Workshops. Hello, this is J.J. West. I'm in studio with Doug Barnes, and today we are talking about the lies we tell ourselves when we're either needing to go into recovery or when we've started recovery. But most of them are the ones that keep us out of recovery. Things like, I'll never do it again. This is the last time I got this. Some of my favorites. <laughs> Thanks, JJ. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Good, good. Yeah, these are these are lies that have been around for a long time. We just didn't know the value they had with us until we started really trying to not do something that we've been doing for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we only realize that it's a lie that I can stop at any time or I can fix this myself when we actually try to stop and realize that we can't. And why do we do that? Why do we why do we try to stop something realizing we can't and then don't do anything about it? I think partly that's pride. I don't want to admit that I can't do it on my own. I don't want to admit that I need help. Uh, we've been told over and over again as men that we're supposed to handle life, handle everything that comes our way, handle ourselves. And so there's a little bit of that, uh, a little bit of our own pride, a little bit of the what we've been taught. And then there's just this, the, the fear that if I'm, if I'm honest, if I go and talk to someone and tell them I can't do this and I need help, how are they going to respond to me? What are they going to think of me? Right. And that's, that's a message that a lot of us don't want to hear the answer to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We yeah. don't want to hear what someone else might think of us. Absolutely. Because that's too scary. Yeah. And so we cover that up with very familiar lies that we have been ta- telling ourselves for a long time. Like you said before, I got this. Mm-hmm. H- how often do we do this, try to do this on our own? How often are we really trying to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps? Mm-hmm. Well, if we do it in business, well, I can do it here too. Yet mm-hmm. no one needs to know. Right. Because if they knew, what would they think? If you had to guess, Doug, how many times do you think you told yourself, I can fix this on my own and I'll never do it again and this is the last time? How many times do you think you told yourself that before you finally came to the realization that you couldn't do it on your own? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Hundreds. I mean, that would just be a small guess. Um, Most most of those times were at – some really low points in my life mm-hmm. when I was really fooling myself thinking I could because that was going to be what pulled me out of my low. Mm-hmm. But then it only sucked me deeper because the high that the acting out brings, mm-hmm. then I don't have to tell anybody or mm-hmm. say I'm not going to do it again because I've done it again. And now guilt and shame has set in. And I love that point because it's true. When we're saying it to ourselves at that lowest point, we believe it. 
Oh, yeah. It's not oh, like totally. I'm saying it to myself and going, yeah, but I know this is a load of hogwash. Right, right. right but right. I'm just going to say it to make myself feel better. Right. We truly believe in that low, in that in that pit, this is it. I'm done with this because it feels so awful right. that the shame and the guilt and the conviction all piled on us. And it feels so awful in that moment right after we – went through with the acting out or right after we got busted, it feels so horrible. We're like, that's it. I'll never do it again. But we can't hold on to it. We right. can't live that out. Right. And I certainly not in isolation. Well, and I was just going to say part of that is because I hide really well. Yeah. I do a lot of good hiding. I yes. learned how to play hide and seek as a kid. Right. And so now I, I end up doing it with my addiction. Right. And and that keeps me from the very thing that I really crave, which is intimacy and connection and relationship. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I needed that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but when I'm acting out, I sure that's not. I certainly don't want that. Right. So why would I not just say, "Hey, I got this. Don't but worry I'm, about it." But I'm searching for a semblance of that intimacy in my acting out. Certainly. Right. I'm certainly. looking for part of that, but I'm never going to find it. It's never going to it's never going to scratch that itch. It's never going to actually fulfill. And so I keep going back. Well, maybe this time, maybe this time, maybe this time, maybe this nuance, maybe this new way of acting out, this addition will somehow scratch that itch and it never does. And then I feel low again. Okay, that's it. I'm done until tomorrow when I'm craving connection, I'm craving intimacy, I'm craving significance for my for my heart, for my soul, for my being. Right. Right. And it doesn't and, – and then we go around the circle one more time, right? I love, I love it when my clients ask me about that because I tell them, you know, I quit about a thousand times. Mm-hmm. And that's what got me into the cycle in the first place because mm-hmm. I said I'd never do it. And then the next day, exactly what you said, right. I, this, this, this feeling came over me that I didn't even know existed that kept this, this cycle going – and so that kept the hiding going, the yeah. loneliness going, yeah. the the way that I would keep away from in, in, uh, relationships that I really wanted to have, but I didn't know that that's what was going on. Is that why self-effort doesn't work to battle an, an addiction? Mm, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think that's part of it. Uh, the other part is I've learned how to be by myself. I've learned how to be alone in my own shell. Whether I'm uncomfortable or not is not necessarily the issue for me, but I've learned how to be alone, and it's safe there for me. I don't have to deal with conflict or confrontation or sadness mm-hmm. or – Anybody's expectations of me. Oh, yeah, what, whether, what other people are going to think of me mm-hmm. or, or I might disappoint them. This, this helps me stay isolated. Mm-hmm. Which is undoubtedly the worst thing for me, mm-hmm. but it keeps that 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 cycle going. And it wasn't until I really came in tr- to a a true relationship with another another guy mm-hmm. that I realized, wow, this was something that I've really needed and craved all this time because it felt different. Yeah. So what brought that about? How did you go from life of isolation to now I'm in this relationship with this guy who is drawing me out and inviting me into a whole different world than what I've experienced before? 
Yeah, great question. Um, shame for me. Okay. Guilt, but most of it was shame. Okay. Say more. What do you mean? I hated myself. Mm-hmm. I hated to look in the mirror. I hated going to work. I hated having any kind of conversation that meant anything. Mm-hmm. And it was the shame that it, it felt day after day after day, it felt like another 50-pound rock was in my backpack. And then mm-hmm. the next day, another 50-pound rock. And then the next day and the mm-hmm. next day. And I felt so weighed down mm-hmm. that I I it, metaphorically, I guess you could say, I was like crawling. And I just got to the point to where I said, I've got to risk this. I've got to take a chance on this. I I tested I tested him out. Okay. Can he handle a little bit of my truth? Can he handle a little bit more of my truth? Can uh-huh. he handle a little bit more? Okay. Until finally I just said, Okay, I gotta do this. And there there were times in between there where I said, Nope. And I chicken out. <laughs> I said, Nope, not gonna do it. And then the you next set up time the whole thing, I'm gonna tell him tonight. <laughs> we're right. gonna go we're gonna right. go bowling, we're gonna go to dinner, we're gonna go do right. something. Right. And then the night passes and I haven't said anything because oh it's too risky. Right. Yeah. Dodged a bullet. Yeah. yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. And I go home and and then the next day that weight just comes right back. Yeah. Yeah. Until there was one day where I just took a risk and said I'm going to put it out there. And I'd already psyched myself up that mm-hmm. said if if I if I miss this, I miss it. Mm-hmm. If if he rejects me, he rejects me. If yeah. he abandons me, he abandons me. If he turns around, laughs at me, whatever, right. I'm ready for it. Okay. So not naming names, but who was that guy for you? Like what was he in your life? At the time, he was just an acquaintance. Okay. Somebody I knew, mm-hmm. somebody I worked with. What was it about him that led you to believe he might be someone you could trust to go deeper with? He had a similar story. Oh, okay. So How did you know that? Well, you know, and that was the risk part because there was this this code that we kind of talked back and forth through our issue. You know, uh-huh. we did we didn't name what our issue was, uh-huh. right. but we, we you know, I said, "Hey, I'm struggling with this and this and this." Yeah. And so he he kind of put some of his stuff out. No, he didn't kind of. He did. He put some of his stuff out. And that's what led me to take that little bit, that that little extra step. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, it's like um, going across across a a creek on a log. You know, you're you're going one step at a time, one step at a time, and and you get to this point to where – you're out in the middle. <laughs> you no either got to right. You got to yeah. keep going, or you're going to get wet. Yeah. And I, that was the time I just said, "Okay, okay. I'm going to take this risk." Yeah. yeah. And he didn't laugh. He didn't humiliate me. He basically opened his arms up and he just said, "Doug, you know what? I get it. I understand." Mm-hmm. And that started a completely different turnaround in my recovery. It really started my recovery. Yeah. It was awesome. Fantastic. But I'd never felt that. I'd never felt that before. No. No. Never, ever. And what is wild is that for all of our acting out time, we were certain that if the truth about us got out, that would be the worst thing possible. Right. Totally. And in in fact, the truth about us getting out is the best thing possible because that is the thing that leads to our healing. Right. Yeah. Which we can't – in the midst of our (laughs) – Acting out in the midst, underneath the crushing weight of shame and guilt, it's like we can't see and hear that. 
for some reason. So I'm curious if you could go back and have a conversation with yourself when you were full-blown in your addiction, what would you try to say? How would you try to convince yourself to take that risk earlier on to let the truth out? Yeah. Um, I, one of the things I would probably start with uh, would be uh, be real. Mm. Get real with yourself. Be honest mm-hmm. with yourself. Because mm-hmm. I wasn't being honest with myself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the rock song of the 70s. I was fooling myself. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't want to know the truth that I might have had a problem. I didn't feel right. I didn't act right. I didn't look right. But I wasn't going to admit. I, w- I was going to go to the mat mm-hmm. saying, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I'm all right. No, I got this. That's you know the the, the lies just flow, man. They 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 just flow out. They mm. they just come out, and that's why. If if I was going to tell my my younger self, I would say, you gotta you gotta talk about it. Mm-hmm. You gotta talk about it. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah, yeah. Find somebody safe and talk about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Who do you have safe in your life? I love the fact that you start with you gotta get honest with yourself first. Because you won't. You won't be honest with anybody else if you haven't learned to be honest with yourself. Right. There's a great quote by Dostoevsky. It says, A man who lies to himself and believes his own lies becomes unable to recognize the truth, either in himself or in anyone else, and he ends up losing respect for himself and for others. When he has no respect for anyone, he can no longer love And in him, he yields to his impulses, indulges in the lowest form of pleasure, and behaves in the end like an animal in satisfying his vices. Mm. And it all comes from lying to others and to yourself. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Isn't it? Yeah. I mean, as I read that, I thought, how did Dostoevsky (laughs) know me that well (laughs) from from so long ago? But it's so true. We have to start with being honest with ourselves, which is scary. It's scary to be willing to admit I really do have a problem that I can't overcome myself. I really do need help from others. What can encourage us as, as you're as you're meeting guys as you're as you know in that first meeting with a ther- with a client in your in your therapy room? How do you convince them, or what do you say to them to try and help them see that even though there's a risk there and it's scary, it's worth the risk? Yeah, what I do is I share a little bit about my story. I level the playing field. Yeah, you and, do for them what your friend did for you. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I try to be that example of, you know what, it's safe. Because I think that's one of the things you, you were reading the quote. Why do we lie? I, I mean, for me, I'll own this. I, I, I did it to protect myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I could not, I couldn't let anybody know. Yeah. The masks I was wearing, yeah. you know, the good guy, the good mm-hmm. Christian guy, the mm-hmm. therapist. I mean, I, I couldn't let anybody know. Yeah. And so once I was able to to take some of that mask away from me and, and I could tear the rest of it off of me mm-hmm. just by being this this gut-wrenching honest, mm-hmm. which is – when I say gut-wrenching, it's because we – most of us anyway, we don't like doing that. Mm-hmm. We don't like to be that honest. Mm-hmm. But like I said, that's why I said we, we have to be honest with ourselves mm-hmm. because if we're not – 
I certainly can't be honest with you. Right. And so I try to share a little bit of my, about my story to get them to a place of, you know what, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to laugh. I'm not going to criticize. I'm not going to judge. I just want to be on the same team with you. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things we do at the workshop. We create that no shame zone. Right. That's that's key. They need to know this is a safe place for me to tell my story. This is a safe place for me to take that mask off a little bit. And some are going to do it kind of like what you did in increments. Okay, I'm going to give you a little bit. True. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you a little bit more, and I'll give you and see how you respond. And if you right. respond well, I'll, then I'll finally take the mask off. And some some will come in out of their own desperation and just say, forget it. I can't wear this mask anymore. Right. But they do all need to know this is a safe place to do it. This right. is a, you will not be shamed here. That's what we have to communicate to others to help them to join us in the recovery. Right. Yeah. Right. Because that's, that's what's happened to so many of us. We've tried to be honest mm-hmm. and we've gotten shamed for it. Mm-hmm. Or something else, maybe mm-hmm. judged, mm-hmm. criticized, mm-hmm. laughed at, humiliated. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And called all kinds of names, told all kinds of horrible things. Right. Yeah. And so we're trying to stay away from that mm-hmm. and trying to get to a space of just being real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How, how known do I want to be? Yeah. What about on the other side of the equation? Not Not the guy who is saying I can fix this and I can and I'll get better on my own but the guy who thinks this is it's a lost cause I'm so damaged at this point what why does it even matter there's no way I could ever turn my life around or or have anything more than what I have because I've I'm I'm damaged goods mm. well you know there's a story in scripture about this mm. where a father chases after his son Mm -hmm. who probably thought the same thing about himself Mm -hmm. who squandered everything he had and one day came to his senses and said wow okay so I think I've got it better at home Mm -hmm. and when he came home his father didn't shame him didn't laugh at him didn't tell him to get lost he said my son is alive. Mm-hmm. Let's let's have a party. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what God does with us. He pursues us in a way that we don't quite understand because it that's that's my shame talking to me. I'm damaged. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm inadequate. I I don't measure up to the standard whatever mm-hmm. the standard is. Mm-hmm. But we need to realize that God doesn't see us in a standard. He see, he sees us as who he created, mm-hmm. and that makes us valuable. Mm. But I'll be the first to admit that I've I've said, "Hey, I'm inadequate. I'll never measure up. Yeah. I I don't mean anything to anybody. So why not even do it?" Mm-hmm. But that's in my low time and in my time by myself, isolated, mm-hmm. alone. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I pulled myself out of that to just get into any kind of community, mm-hmm. and it started with this one guy, right. Right. And it was awesome, and I have never looked back. Yeah, it's been it's been hard. I'm not going to say it's easy, no. but it's been hard to to continue that honesty in a way that I continue to grow. That's the challenge. So it started with one guy, and then it expanded to a larger community in various ways at different seasons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I, right now 
I have five men in my life that mm. know me intimately. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, you know, I go to my men's group and I go to my recovery group and I go to my Bible study men's group. You know, I have all these, these guys around me, mm-hmm. but I have my inner circle, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's who I rely on. Yeah. That's who I rely on. They are, they are my, uh, David's mighty men. Second mm-hmm. Samuel 23. Yes. They, I, I, I rely on them with so much. I, I think I do it a little too much sometimes, but. They they love me for me anyway, and so that's a good thing. Yeah, that is a good thing. They they've they've learned, I've learned, that they love me because of me, mm-hmm. not because of what I do or who I am or where I live or what church I go to. Mm-hmm. They they love me just because. Yeah, and prior to my my experience, I had never felt that before. Yeah. So as we wrap up today, if you're out there saying, I can handle it. I got this. I can do it on my own. And you know that you can't because you've tried and failed and tried and failed and tried and failed. Or if you are someone who has said, what's the point? I've, I've screwed up my life so badly. I can't possibly have anything better. Take it from two guys who, who definitely lived in the foreign country and squandered the wealth that God had given and wasted so much. And yet God welcomed us home and others welcomed us home. Others invited us into community. So our plea to you is don't stay isolated. Don't try and work this out on your own because it doesn't work. Find somebody safe and reach out. Give us a call at New Life to find out more about the Everman's Battle Workshop. There is help out there for you. You don't have to do it alone. In fact, you can't do it alone. So call 1-800-NEW-LIFE to find out more. If you need help with sexual integrity, call New Life Ministries at 1-800-NEW-LIFE. That's 1-800-639-5433 or go to newlife.com. 